This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play Alaris Dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, scholar of the Weaver's Guild, and a keeper of reflection. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. My name is Steven, and I play Urshan Bethethnosh, a red dragonborn cleric of the Twilight Domain, representative of the EWU, and a part of the Lace Battalion. My name is Sarah, and I play Agnar Elfbreaker, an orc barbarian and the first daughter of the late Jarl, Skold of Indelfilk, killed by the warlord Gleb Headtaker. And this is Advantage. Advantage. Last time in episode 3.7, the party sailed out into the darkest deep with every intention to sink a coal ship bound for Indelfilk. That coal, they know, was purchased by Kooning Gleb Headtaker, who would use the coal to smelt steel weapons for use in the great scuffle against the Pandominion. Upon reaching the coal ship, though, the party thought differently. They had expected militant combatants, but instead found a crew of simple merchant sailors. So the party spared their lives and came up with a different plan. And that's where we'll pick up. To avoid suspicion, Agnar, you and Captain Ying Shi agreed to part waves and set off to Kolgafir with different headings. You steered your longship to the Drekki Drekka, while the Anthem headed to the wharf at Indelfilk's port to proceed as planned. What was that plan? Uh, that plan was we were going to get everything delivered, uh, and then it was going to magically disappear. If by magically, I mean we were going to make it disappear. What was, what's the it there? What's the what? What's the it that you're ma- oh. making magically disappear? Coal. Lots of coal. coal. You can't forge weapons without coal. Not steel ones, at least. Yeah. The next morning, you pass by Kirina to the south. And then you come to the small fishing pier and the Drekki Drekka there at the mouth of the river Svik. You enter the tavern and see Fishbelly cleaning drinking hordes behind the bar. St- some sort of hearty breakfast stew in the cauldron over the fire. Is that your Stormbreaker, Agnar? That, that new ship out there? Yes. What'd you do to it? Well, it, we camouflaged it. It looks innocent enough. Could hardly tell it was you. <laughs> I don't love it. What's your, what's the figurehead going to be? I think it's going to be a wolf because we want it to be extra scary. Did you give it a new name too? We're calling it the Huntress. The Huntress. I like it. Fits you. Yeah, I think so. Hey, speaking of hunting, Gen's out in the forest scouting the hunting lodge. Uh, said she needed to be able to visualize in person before uh, helping plan the particulars. I expect her back tonight. Mm, okay. Hey, did you ever did you ever get in touch with Fang? Did we? 
Yeah, yeah, you talked to her. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Which one is Fang? You, your sister, your little sister. I'm so sorry. The three boys were out playing three-way chess during this time. Right. They were having a three-way. <laughs> That's what they call it, actually. That is what they call three-way chess. That's what they call three-way chess, yes. Yeah. Having a three-way. Having a three-way, yeah. Canonically, that is, that is any, if anyone in, <laughs> in the cusp ever says having a three-way, it is assumed they are playing three-person three person chess. chess. <laughs> That's canon. That is canon. I will die on the canon for no reason hill almost every time. So anyway, did you get in touch with Fang? Yes, uh, we got in there and talked to her very briefly. Uh, she's safe, but she did let us know when the next hunt will be. So we're on for it if we can make it in time. Which I think we can, right? Did you find that boat you were after? Sink it. <laughs> Sorry, I can't make more Linde sounds anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found it, but... We didn't sink it because some people wanted to keep the sailors alive. <laughs> I like how Sarah is, or I guess Agnar is trying to deflect like she was totally there for it and then got overruled. So <laughs> that who's pointing fingers at whom? So I'm like looking at Urshan. I'm not saying a word. Urshan is just accepting that like, okay. I'll say Urshan rolls his eyes. How about that? Just a little bit. Well, Agnar, I'll trust you. Oh shit. I almost forgot. I have something for you. Come with me. Uh, Fishbelly sets down the horn she's been cleaning and ushers you out through the backyard. Uh, you'll remember that there's this like little cluster of cabins behind the Drekki Drekka for itinerant visitors, though none appear to be staying there. Um, one of those bunkhouses is split by Alaris and Grimton. She doesn't take you to that one, though. Instead, she takes you to the one next to it. Fishbelly takes out the key, unlocks the door, and spills light onto the figures inside. There are four orcs, tied, bound, and gagged on their knees, each facing the walls. They are familiar to you. One has no teeth. One looks jaundiced. One's got a big bald spot, and the other one can only be described with the word nails. I remember these four looking for you after you lot went to chase down hundred scars. They showed up again last night, all sneaky-like, armed and cloaked in black. What do you want to do with them? Urshan would like to pointedly look at Agnar, like, you know, with some attitude, like, like, yeah, fearless leader. What are we going to do? Have you talked to them yet? Only them saying that they were after you in particular. Oh, well. Well, we know who they work for. I mean, they have to be working for the Jarl, right? Are these just the fishermen? These are the fishermen. Yeah, yeah. these are the fishermen. They're they're here for your bounty. Well. Oh, I forgot I had a bounty. Yeah. We try to intimidate them into staying quiet, but apparently. We I mean, did not succeed. Or at least. Well, I was a nat 20 and you got their silence a little bit. However, there is two full chests of silver on the line. Yep. Yep. Overflowing chests or full chests? Oh, abs absolutely. Overflowing. overflowing. Yeah. 
I mean, could we like remove some fingers as a warning? Oh, I mean, uh, that'd be fun. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, so you don't want to lose fingers. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go take the gag off the one who's the loudest. Uh. What? And no teeth uh, hacks a little bit. <coughs> you understand why we had to do it, right? A bounty, I'm assuming. Two heaping chests of gold and silver. Is the fishing season that bad? For a night's work, have we been successful? For a night's work, it easily pays a hundred times what we would get all season. Okay. Have you thought about unionizing? I'm self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> Should make negotiations with your boss pretty easy. <laughs> well, look. Here I am. You're not going to take me. So your choices are leave here and I take a finger or leave here and I don't take a finger. Which would you prefer? Maybe you don't take a finger, but now hear me out. You buy my silence so that I never speak word of where we saw you last. Maybe kill one of them. But you don't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> No, he's like squirming at his bounds. Uh, Urshan takes this moment to like reach out and kind of like touch the party on their like arms so that they, uh, to get their attention and is like, you know, gestures for them to, to come and huddle and, and have a little conversation. And then he, he turns to the, to the, the prisoners and holds up a finger, like, give us just a minute, um, and pulls everyone over to confer. Not like we have a choice. I put the gag back in and then we go talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Urshan signs that we might could buy their silence, but it could be a situation where that becomes a subscription, not a single purchase, and that would not be beneficial for us. I agree. However, I don't think we have to kill these poor gentlemen. No, just cut their tongues and fingers off. Yeah, taking some fingers would be fine. Or, or, or I say, like, pulling them back into the huddle because they were, like, turning and saying that out too loud. Uh, or we could give them a little bit of, of pay and then offer the threat of impending violence if they should betray us for any reason. Ooh, that's fun. Especially considering that they have now been given a chance to be silent and then were captured. And so they can at least assume that we can make good on the violence we threaten, and maybe that will mean that we don't have to actually do that violence. The main issue, I feel like, I do, I do understand what you're saying, but I think the main issue is what is to stop them from just going back to town and gathering a whole bunch of the Arl's men or whatever, and then we have a much bigger issue on our hands. These men watched us obliterate at least one guy. Right? Yeah, but they don't have to fight us. They can just report us. If the threat is that no matter what happens, we will come for them specifically and are willing to lose our own lives to achieve that vengeance, then again, I, we probably wouldn't have to make good on that threat. 
I don't want to make good on that threat. I I don't want to have to kill them either. I don't want to do violence. I'm not um, against violence. I'm here to not kill people. Like I, all I'm saying is that let's just go outside for a second and have this conversation. Do you want me to stay here with them? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay, I will come. But before you leave, and uh, Fishbelly gets really close to Agnar and whispers something in her ear. Remember that all of this is to get you to be the Jarl and or Kooning, so maybe that could be an incentive for them that they want to see you in power. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're dead. You got a point. Do with it what you will. <laughs> so we're outside. Like, if we think we can take on the entirety of the Jarl's current forces here then sure yeah we have nothing to worry about like if we think we can take on 20 semi-armed orcs plus the jarl at the same time then sure yeah let them do whatever but i feel like they know where we're like we're staying now and that's a lot of power for them to have would iron tusk come all this way to potentially you know take you agnar or do you think that's something that he would send his men for? Frankly, I don't know how much of a threat he perceives me as. The fact that they banished me and didn't kill me to begin with, I don't know how concerned they are. Give me an insight check, Agnar. Other than the fact that like, I did start like murdering people, but you know. 13. There might be uh, some political storytelling that would be useful if, if your all Iron Task were to come out and fight you one-on-one. Or, or at least arrive with a force and then challenge you one-on-one. I guess what I was driving at is, if there are men not in Endelfike, that would be a good opportunity for us to be in Endelfike and take Iron Tusk. How unrealistic is it to assume that we could just keep these four imprisoned until you're done with the Jarl. Oh, that's like, so much work. We're planning to kill him in the next few days, right? Right. Like, it's but not for that. The, I mean, it's... For the tavern keeper, like... Right. She has a name. Well, what are we doing? Let them go. Tell them that once you're the Jarl, they can have the chest of silver. Ooh. I like that. What importance is that to you, right? In exchange, try to get them to drum up as much uh, excitement for the final hunting trip of the season. Why? To make sure the Iron Tusk goes. If he's on the fence about going out for the last hunting trip. I like that idea. Mostly because, like, once I am Jarl, I do need people to not want to kill me. So... It also establishes a quid pro quo instead of just letting them go, which could be, I mean, foolish. Not to not to tell you how to run your your fight, but could be a little soft. Yeah, no, I like that. And again, if if they screw it up, then I still get to kill them. And you know, I guess honestly, you don't even necessarily have to pr- promise them the entire chest of silver. You, we could just pay them now. Like, especially if we are planning on killing the Jarl in the next couple days or whatever. Like, just pay him a little bit now, then we'll, you'll be in charge and whatever. That would mean that you get your money back, like, monetarily. You're just taking money out of the bank now 
to go get it back later. Mm-hmm. And you become Jarl and have the two chests of silver yourself. Do we have two chests of silver on us? No. I don't think so. You do have <laughs> specially generic cash. Discretionary funds, you sure do. Said, like, they said that two heaping chests of silver was like a hundred times what they would make in an entire season, right? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Give them an advance. Give them a credit. Start your own currency backed by <laughs> the two chests of silver. That's only good at the stores that you control as Jarl, so they're just putting the money back oh my God. into your own economy. Issue your own currency. Currency, yeah. yeah. Alright, there's like two kinds of ruthless and I am not that one (laughs) like I'll kill someone but I'm not a capitalist okay I am not formulating (laughs) money let's give them a little advance from whatever money we've got (laughs) and also like I would like them to feel a little more comfortable financially I don't know why I don't know how much fishermen make but apparently it's not enough so that's something we can deal with later. These could just be very bad fishermen, to be fair. <laughs> so we're not killing them. Agnar says, writing it down. <laughs> All right, y'all, y'all better be glad I have some really nice friends. Oh my gosh. Let me take the stupid thing out of your mouth again. What? I'll cut you a deal. Mm, we'll see. You can have my silence now for 100 gold. And not only will I not write you out, but we will take that out of the current chest money that we will get at the end when you become Jarl. Uh, the math? A hundred gold collectively? Sure, yeah, split between the four of us. That's a thousand dollars. Yes. Yes? No, I was just yesing the math. No? no? Um, I don't know that we have a hundred gold to give you right now, but I I definitely don't mind giving you the whole chest once I'm Jarl. Well, how about you give us what gold you have? And then I get the hundred or the the rest of the chest when you're y'all. And that buys your silence. As long as you pinky swear. Yes, but I don't know how much gold. How much gold do we have? Like four gold. Oh, we probably have more than that. I have no idea how much money we have. <laughs> he, he says out loud. I don't really know. We never keep track of that. Above the table, uh-huh. I think this is the first time this specific group of characters has addressed money. So for at least at least me and Sarah, there's no more canon. This is just canon the first time. I've so- been working under the assumption that we made some amount of money from our share of the pirate group. But I have no idea how much that was. You you gave your share of the money to the pirates. Oh, <laughs> you're not getting a payout from that. So, okay, so that was part of the offers. <laughs> they just help you sink the ships. I don't know what they, uh, what them two have. Joe, you would presumably get to decide what Sarah and I have. That's why I said four gold. We have four gold. <laughs> I would think that as a person in my position, I would like be existing on a fairly reasonable salary and probably having some like per diem perks though i'm not here officially so i wouldn't have those per diem kinds of perks i would say in a moment's notice what do we what 10 gold was how much it was 100 gold 100 gold was uh a thousand dollars right that like 
at a moment in a pinch, I could have $500 ready to go. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I could do that. Just above the table? That was the, yeah, that is. Uh, that oh, I don't understand any of that hand waving anyway. <laughs> well, I thought we only had four gold, so this is news to me. Urshan just like holds up his hand to the party to, to forestall them saying anything and digs around in his satchel uh, looking for his coin purse and then pulls out five gold, which would be $50, right? Mm hmm each so it's 200 bucks um for for the four the four fishermen is enough like i don't know for me personally 50 bucks would change my week <laughs> it's not gonna change my whole life or the month but it'd make my day pretty cool and it would change the way my week went all right well this do for now let's say you got three days well hopefully i'm here on three days all right deal let me go. If you talk, you're dead. Do you understand? Oh, after the th before the three days? Yes. Yes, I understand. But after that, can you blame me at all? You better find me or I'll find you. Can you blame me at all? Rather than like saying this, Urshan just like makes eye contact with the, the prisoners, holds up his fingers and then makes like a snippy, snippy, snippy <laughs> gesture toward his fingers like, I hit him in the face. You just go up and strike these men? <laughs> yeah, the one that's getting lippy. I ain't got no teeth. <laughs> I'd spit one out if I had any teeth. He's very lippy. Gummy as well. <laughs> the only teeth I have left are me two tusks. <laughs> right. Four days it is. What, what's today? Thursday? Fifth day. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth day? First day, second day, third day, Wednesday, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. Gotcha. <laughs> I forgot that we made Wednesday official. <laughs> Urshan signs to Agnar, I would like to be reimbursed for that when it becomes time. I'll give it to you from the pot of silver. I would like to make a point of like undoing some of their restraints. And just saying out loud to no one in particular, personally, I really hope you guys run your mouths so we can come hunt you down. But that's just me. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Hey friends, it's Joe. I have an update on our streaming trials. It's been a lot of fun. For October, we've been doing some spooky stuff. Uh, for example, the cast streamed the horror game SCP Containment Breach uh, on one week, and then a few days ago we huddled around a virtual campfire and told scary ghost stories. Um, I think that the videos on demand of our games are saved on twitch.com slash, no, twitch.tv slash Advantage DND. Um, certainly the spooky stories video is still up there. Uh, but you'll enjoy them, especially that one. That one was my favorite. Turn off the lights, put on headphones, and listen to some sinister tales. Uh, in a couple weeks, Yessie's gonna run a disadvantage episode for our highest tier Patreon supporters. Um, in addition to seeing the benefits of that tier, you can go to patreon.com slash advantage DND to see all the rewards for all tiers. There's a lot there, really. And it's a continued commitment to us to keep that as fresh as possible 
as a thank you and an appreciation for the continued financial support that y'all offered to keep us running. Um, go find all details and all notifications about launches and whatever else uh, by staying in contact with Advantage on the Darkmore Podcast Network Discord channel. There's a link to that channel down in the doobly-doo. You'll also find all of our other member shows channels. Anyone who's played a tabletop RPG will say that they're unlike any other medium available. The experiential possibilities are endless, and that's what we're here to examine. Welcome to Dragon Mind, a tabletop discussion podcast brought to you by Incendium D&D. We're here to look through the infinite lenses of TTRPGs to discover our best selves through gaming. Gaming doesn't have to just be an escape. It can help revolutionize your reality. Available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. Back in Indelfilk, you see the anthem docked at the wharf. There's a tall crane above it, powered by a team of yaks that is slowly and steadily scooping out the cargo from the stores. The pulleys and wheels raise the bucket up from the hold, loaded with a couple square yards of dusty black coal. The crane turns, taking the bucket over the wharf and over then a queue of wagons pulled by strong draft horses. The crane lowers its payload and then gently releases the coal into the bed of the wagon. Grimton, you've seen operations like this use pneumatic pressure before. Alaris, in the Pandominion, you've seen non-magical mechanical operation achieved using wind power. Uh, like almost every small settlement in the sun plains of the Pandominion would have at least one grist mill of some sort. Urshan, you know that Zadal's primary mechanical power comes from the water wheels that turn complex systems of drives and belts. Systems you've seen, but require engineering minds far more advanced than your own. Um, give me arcana checks, all of you. Using my Dark Silver Forge dice. <gasps> your Dark Silver Forge dice, which particular set? I am currently using my Cthulhu Gold set, which is I I think of as my my player set, and then I have the Dark Alpha set that I use as like DM dice. I rolled a ten. What? 18. 13. I nat 20'd this, and I'm <laughs> kind of mad about it. Good. What, like, a, what a roll for a nat 20. What, what a, a wasted nat 20. To, to the most brilliant arcane mind out there. <laughs> I literally have a negative one to to intelligence roll. For, for like. Urshan Bethethnosh and also Alaris Geldream, you know that mechanical systems are used primarily because it is a lot cheaper to run and maintain. There's not really like a taboo against using magic in any community on the cusp, but it's definitely something that not every person has access to in terms of learning those skills and then using it cheaply. Getting a wheel or turbine to perpetually spin to power a mechanical system is magically very expensive process and therefore costs a lot to even purchase somebody to bring the technology to you. Is magic bougie? 
magic can be pretty bougie. Not that you can't like sorcerer magic or granny magic it, but but like, like the kind of magic you're describing is the bougie magic. Yeah, like it, it, it is is wizard magic bougie magic. Yeah, Alaris is Alaris's okay. magic is bougie wizard magic. I see. I see. Not that there aren't scholarships for those well, sure. uh, well committed for the I, underprivileged wizard wannabes. I could not have rolled my eyes harder at that. Uh. <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a skilled trade to be able to magically enchant something like that, and so it takes money to appreciate that labor and the time and effort that it takes it. Give me, as you look at this whole operation uh, from a distance, give me perception checks, please. Never will I ever train this skill. You said the same about insight. 12. 17. 3. Solid, Alaris. Thank you. I'm so mad because I rolled a 9 for this one. It could have been the nat 20. It could have been the nat 20. Agnar, you specifically look for the captain of the anthem, Ying Shi. He's pretty easy to spot, being the only blue dragonborn off the ship at the moment. You see him on the dock with another figure, a half-orc man with glasses, gesturing around to various things. Finally, there's a paper signed on a clipboard and then a handshake. It looks like they got their signed paper. What is it? Receipt? I don't know how commerce works. It's a bill of lading. A bill of what? A bill of lading that they just got signed. Ah, yes. It says Yessi, who's in logistics. <laughs> Urshan, now that Agnar has pointed it out, you know the half-orc that Ying Shi uh, is walking away from. That's your landlord, Gain Falkson. He's a kind enough guy, and who is eager to rent the apartment that you're in now. What is my landlord doing? <laughs> so he's the one officially receiving the the coal is the landlord? That's what it sounds like. Oh, nice. So we definitely need to bring that shit down. No, wait, hold on. <laughs> not, not your apartment. Well, hold on, though. Am I dealing with like what's the what's the Lindsay management? Um, like, <laughs> no, this is not the Lindsay is this, management. Like, one guy. This is a mom and pop landlord situation. Oh like, yeah, like has <laughs> my one thing, and that's like kind of it. And he just exactly yeah, and like lives across the street and just maintains it. That's your landlord, Gain Foxen. Mm-hmm. The bespectacled, bleh, bespectacled, yes, bespectacled. I think it's bespectacled half orc. Um, Grimton and Alaris, give me inside checks. Fourteen. Oh, also 14. Uh, you both are looking at the operations going on at the wharf as a whole, and you can see that the crew is mostly going about their business on deck while the unloading kind of happens around them. The crew are, uh, you can identify them pretty easy, like dragonborns and copper-skinned humans from Zadal who stand out against the Kolgafirians that are mostly orcs, half-orcs, and one or two light-skinned humans. Captain Yingxi pledged the crew's involvement in the plan to burn the coal after its delivery, but you two can tell that the crew itself is very noticeable, as are you. 
And while foreign traders in Nindelfilk are not uncommon these days, now that uh, Headtaker has taken control, you'd have to disguise them somehow for, for them to act without suspicion outside of, say, taverns by the docks. I'm still caught up on the fact that my landlord is the one doing this. I thought I thought our our um, the guy that's doing our ship was the guy that was gonna take him. But perhaps you should investigate that more. Urshan. It was gonna be one of Agnar's mm-hmm. like confidants. F- yeah, yeah that was gonna be doing it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, oh, it's Smith. Yeah, it's, it's Akra. Akra. Okra is the uh, is the Smith. Yeah. But that's not who's receiving it right now. Why is my landlord doing it? Uh, it's got to go somewhere. He, he owns the, the warehouse. warehouse. Probably. That makes sense. Being a property manager. I see. So he does have more than just my little apartment. At this point, you see one of the carts going forward and leaving your current visual range headed into Indelfolk. Would you like to follow that? Yes. Sneakily. Give me sneaky checks. Well, that's a reasonable roll. 17. Yeah, you know how to blend in because you live in this city, so. I'm not like being all sneaky. I'm just looking like a person walking down the street. Right, like, yeah. I, you, like, like, I look unassuming. Yeah, you're pretty incognito. You're not like mm-hmm. darting around in shadows. Right. You, you're I'm kind not, of Assassin's Creeding it right now. Right. Yeah, I just look like another person walking down the street. <sighs> That's a one. <laughs> oh, I just nat 20'd. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna try to sneak. Is that to say that you're going to be loud, or is that to say that you're not going? It's <laughs> gonna walk normally. I don't feel like I'm gonna be able to blend in. Urshan and Agnar both. Would you like to offer some guidance to your your fellow very cognito <laughs> companions? Is that how you use that word? I don't know. Um. Hey, blend in. Okay. No, wait. Wait. Don't be faintly obtrusive, but over there. (laughs) So so that you're drawing their attention. People are thinking, what is that elf doing over there? I'm a dwarf in an orc village. Accomplished. Um, Yeah, you two go over there vaguely obtrusively overtly as it were and and uh just go be over there but like don't do anything don't do anything weird just like be yourselves and be vibing i'm gonna walk over to where urshan pointed and anytime i walk past someone i'm gonna meet their eyes and go howdy howdy (laughs) (laughs) how you doing urshan uses that as an opportunity to more covertly like (laughs) (laughs) so as as y'all tail this wagon ahead of you substantially uh trying your best kind of not to be noticed you follow this, the cart of coal through the streets of Indelfilk until it comes to a wooden warehouse building with an open pair of large sliding doors. As the full cart goes in, another empty cart comes out. And inside you hear the sounds of labored shoveling. Uh, Grimton and Alaris, give me fourth edition streetwise checks. Nice. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know I'm adding labored shoveling to my punk rock band name list. 12? 18. Grimton, you've only just arrived at the city, but you can determine where you are. Uh, Urshan and Agnar, you don't even need a check to know this. 
this warehouse is the warehouse below Urshan's apartment. <laughs> the doors to the stairs are accessed in the back. Hey, Lars, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that Urshan's apartment? Yeah, we have a three-way there. I- yeah. <laughs> 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 this show would not be possible without the generous financial backing of our Patreon supporters. Today's episode is brought to you by Adam Guta, Brian, Chris Kimball, Dan Bauer, Daniel Tan, Lena Nabulsi, Lucia, Mark Williams, Michael Callahan, Ryan, Thor, and Yona. Thank you, each and every one. We would not be able to share this story with the world without your help. Music in this show is written and performed by our friends Blake Bost and Orman Audio. Our logo and extensive maps on the website were done by Daniel Grayling. Emmeline Kelly drew our character art, and our website was built by Labor of Love Graphics. Our role-playing system is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, published by Wizards of the Coast, who we hope will keep the focus of the game on community over profit. Alaris Geldream was played by Zach Weaver. Yessi Lemus played Grimton Steadyhand. Agnar Elfbreaker was played by Sarah Zimmerman, and Urshan Bethethnosh was played by Stephen Sivils. I'm the Dungeon Master, Joe Love. Thank you, friends. One, two, three, clap. I, want, I wanted to do like Naruto hand signs as just for y'all because clearly the mic can't pick that up. It'd be very fun if the mic could. <laughs> just like. Once upon know, a time, I, I did want to learn signs? Naruto hand signs. I, I do not Is, know actually. Do Naruto hand signs have like a special meeting in the Naruto universe? Oh, yeah. It's supposed to, but they like kind of stray away from it pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> well. They, they set up the bet and then pay it off type of thing? Sort of. Because, like, at first, like, each of the hand signs, like, is a specific thing yeah. or whatever. And that, that does kind a, of... Like a specific kanji, right? Like horse, tiger, right. fox, uh-huh. whatever. The, they get away from that. Horse, tiger? They get away horse, from that tiger. pretty fast. But what they don't get away from is the specific jutsu that the hand signs represent. So, like, there's, like a whole like, a whole thing where you can see somebody start and you're like... I know what he's about to do if you're enough of a nerd because uh, you can like memorize the like order and, and it goes it's always the same for, yeah for for the the different jutsu that they're gonna do yeah water um, earth, which, fire it, it creates some interesting moments because there's like a there's like a moment kind of earlier on in the show uh, where um, Sasuke is like starting starting one and he gets stopped and later you see him do the one he's got stopped on like a bunch of episodes later and you're like he was about to murder these people in a training exercise uh <laughs> uh it's interesting but anyway i've seen maybe a tiktok or something of someone hugging someone maybe their significant other and starting the reaper death seal <laughs> and the comments <laughs> were just like hilarious omg <laughs> So, in that case, like, is it when a spell in D and D calls for somatic components? That is exactly what exactly I what that is. Yes. Okay. I well, specifically yeah. imagine Naruto hand signs. Except there's a, I guess a like specific 
alphabet for Naruto, and in D&D it can be technically whatever, right? Anyway, this episode of Advantage is brought to you by Naruto. That's right. Naruto, your favorite running boy. <laughs> I don't Not think Baruto. that's the I don't think that's the tagline for that show, Joe. Only them saying that they were after you in particular. Oh. Well, we know who they work for. Uh, is there any information we? Who do they work for? Uh, the the Kooning, not the Kooning, the other guy. Fuck. The Yarl. Sorry, let me drink the more Yarl. of this soda. <laughs> it was a long day. Twenty-four days till star. Okay. Iron Tusk. Just let me. Let me. You're welcome for the the how fun this is going to be to edit. Um, and by you're welcoming, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sarah accidentally <laughs> closed the veils of reality so she could open them again. Yeah, ah, we're back. Okay. Um, I'm assuming they work for the Cooning, yeah? Shit, no, god damn it, motherfucker. <laughs> Yarl! The Yarl! She's like, what the fuck? Okay. Sorry, 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 Joe. Um, Reading Yarl in all caps. Yeah. yeah. You want to you wanna keep doing stuff? Yeah, but is keep, that... Keep playing the game? Yeast. What did I do with my what I'm what I'm looking for is my my notes. Uh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Sorry. In real life. In real life. Or in game. I'm also gonna be in real life. Well, damn! I peed before we started. I also peed before we started, but I drank a lot of beer. I. Wait, we're drinking beer? I mean, I'm not, but I didn't get a. I didn't. I didn't get a beer. All I have is like liquor and I don't want to drink that right now. I am hungry as hell though cuz like I I came home and immediately got on the call like there was no downtime. <laughs> uh so I haven't had I had like I had those two cups of ramen for like a kind of later lunch and that's it. I haven't had anything else to eat today. So I'm hungry. Nicole will like fixate on a food item, and right now it's Popeye's mac and cheese. So, see, okay, Finn doesn't want to cook right now because the kitchen is kind of a mess. And all, all I want, all I want, I have some like shells and cheese, like mac and cheese, like ready that just needs to be made. I just want it. Is it the kind you like add the sauce? You, it's just like a big goopy block. Yeah. Okay, my dog has to pee, so I'm gonna go let him out. I'll be back. All right. Hold the fort, Yassi. Yeah, I mean, I'm still here, but. <laughs> but your camera's off. Okay. <laughs> Steven just went and let his. Uh, I don't even know if they can hear me, actually. Dog. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Also, Steven just I have my headphones in, so out. I can hear everything. Oh. Right. I didn't have my head headphones in. What did I miss? Uh, Steven letting his dog out. He also wants uh, shells and cheese. Shells and cheese doesn't really. You're work. making shells and cheese? No. Steven, Steven would like to make shells and, shells and cheese. 
That sounds really good. Steven At a time like this. Hungry. Steven should Steven, eat. Steven wants some food. Did we stop recording? Or we just kept going. We just nah, kept we going. kept recording the whole time. Okay, cool. This whole thing's gonna be on the recording <laughs> for later. Oh, good. I have returned. So we all take a trip to the outhouse, and then we're back. All together. Group poop. <laughs> Group poop. It's like a cuddle puddle, but worse. You never had a, had Substantially. a, a collective shit? Not where we announced it like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! Look, I'm not against everybody agreeing that, like, all right, it's time to use the bathroom, but I am against saying it like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> imagine, imagine that you're just, like, like, four homies that went to a bathroom with four stalls and you're all just collectively taking a shit but like separately but together yeah you gotta, do you, an, you, gotta do you announce it yes yeah. at that point you do announce it group poop. group poop I feel like a group poop has to be you're all taking a shit with an arm's length of each other yeah like four porta potties right yeah that's it, there's gotta be stipulations or four stalls in a you know in a bathroom yeah, yeah. that's a group poop it's, stalls are better too because you can like talk to each other that's that because i think it to be a proper group poop it has to be like inherently communal somehow like we have to be able to interact or else we're just pooping separately but close together no i've I've, there's there's a level of comfort that i have talking while peeing (laughs) in a urinal where like we're both standing and can lock eyes with each other however weird that might be but have like a, a visual contact, you know? I Now, I'm not certain that I would share that with a group poop situation, as it were, where we're all in separate toilets. Relatively large bathroom, only four toilets, one in each corner facing outward. <laughs> facing out, you say? Not like outward, like toward each other, like inward, oh. like toward the middle of the room, but like we can, uh. we can all make eye contact while... Oh, good. Nice. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that's comforting. That that implies no stalls because. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Honestly, in that situation, not that you know any of this matters, I would be less uncomfortable <laughs> seeing like, the other people. <laughs> no, like I would be less uncomfortable like during the poop portion, but when it comes time to wipe, that would feel a lot more awkward than just like sitting there taking a shit. Like I would, I would feel the need to like draw a curtain to wipe myself more than I would to just actually take a shit. Sarah, what's your input on this? You've been noticeably silent. (laughs) I decided that I didn't need to know and didn't need to be a part of this, so now I'm trying to figure out how to sync my outlook to my Gmail. (laughs) Fair. Did you figure it out? No. Sarah's a coward is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Bathrooms are already a communal experience uh, for women more so than men, I would say. Oh, especially when you're drunk. Drunk girl in the bathroom is like, we're living our best lives. So really, a group poop situation would probably be more welcomed by anybody using a women's room. No one admits that they're pooping when they're pooping. I actually think a lot of people don't poop in public places. I do. I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> well, you do. You do very much in this case. But I actually I... don't either, but I think it's just because I, you know, prefer my bathroom, and I would feel guilty just exposing other people. See, to I specifically like to poop at the work bathroom. <laughs> like, like. Hell yeah. Boss gets a dollar. I get a dime. That's why I shit on company time. I'll also admit that it is where I work. It's kind of a running joke that like we will go in there and commit war crimes toward those toilets. Like, sure. like it's like like somebody will go in and then the rest of us are like, oh, well, I can't go in for like an hour. <laughs> I've got to let that aerate. You know, it's it's a bit of a running joke at this point. All fun and games until I go in there after a meatball sub, and then it's then it's no longer funny. <laughs> We could not be farther off the beaten path uh, currently. <laughs> Moreland Day. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Moreland Day. Nope. I like. I like the idea that that like Moreland Day just like like appears like a like a Power Ranger, so just like out of the sky, sees what needs to be seen, and then leaves. Like m- moonbeams her way down. Yes, there you go. And then back out of out of there. Like, huh? Okay, and then is gone. Wow.